A Feast Among the Dead, Chapter 1, by Severia Quasido, renowned traveler. My journeys through the Dunmer homeland have taken me on a circuitous route, but having finally secured a berth on a merchant vessel bound for Vals, I was able to travel to Sadrith Mora. From there, it was a matter of taking a silt strider across the narrow sea to Aldisra, a voyage only made during the doldrums of Sun's Height and Last Seed. The crossing is too treacherous otherwise, and finally joining a pilgrim train to Necrom. Necrom, the city of the dead, is paradoxically both an apt sobriquet and also wholly unsuitable. At certain hours, I give you, the city is as a mausoleum, full of stillness and solemn reflection. The atmosphere in these hours weighs heavily on the soul and wrenches a mournful moan from the lungs. At other times, however, the city becomes a flurry of activity. Dark elves from all houses and walks of life walk as equal kindred here. And they seize upon the chance to engage, to trade, to cajole, and to feast. Here, an Indoril and a Redoran set aside house banners, knowing they share the blood of an ancestor who lived some dozen generations past. Together, they honor this ancestor that they may rest easier. <clears throat> As was my dearest hope, I managed to secure an invitation to one of these graveside gatherings. My bunkmate at the boarding house, to a bed, ugh, but mercifully clean and free of fleas, was a portly and convivial textile merchant from somewhere west of Ebenhart who had come to Necrom to pay homage to some distant and long-dead relation, as had several dozen of his kin. I must confess, my eyes glazed over when he started explaining the distinction between a great-great-aunt's third cousin and a third cousin's great-great-aunt. The deceased, the subject of this family gathering, had a name composed of so many H's and L's as to be incomprehensible. He was once a cook of some great renown. He served in the refectory of high fame in Vivec for nearly 60 years. His, de <clears throat> his death had been some 200 years previous. I am given to understand that many ancestor spirits prefer to move on from the mortal plane much sooner. My host, however, took great care to inform me that, th that the deceased was unwilling to forsake the mortal plane until he was satisfied one of his descendants proved sufficiently capable of bearing his culinary legacy. I was intrigued. Who would not be? And so as night began to fall across the city, and the long shadows drew a shroud over the bone-white stones, we set off to the necropolis and into the ancient vaults beneath. A Feast Among the Dead, Chapter 2, by Severia Quasito, renowned traveler. There were over two dozen in our party, each laden with some manner of goods. An older woman took one look at me and gave me a stack of linens, noting the load seemed within my ability. There was much laughing and small talk as the group meandered through the dark and musty catacombs of Necrom, at times in near total darkness. I must admit, I found those periods without light to be alarming. Eventually, we reached the end of a hallway with a small metal door, green and vertigris. The oldest of our number, a wizened and gnarled old Dunmer, reached into his vestments and produced a key. He thrust it into the door. The small door bellied the large chamber beyond. 
It was, while sunless, a well-appointed kitchen, as was often found in larger dark elf estates, a small fountain of spring water collected in a basin, and a gutter of the same water carried kitchen scraps away into the dark pits below the city. My hosts told me, as they lit oil lamps, that, <clears throat> that the deceased took great pains in the last years of his life to ensure his mausoleum contained all the amenities I saw. The large cooking fire, as it turns out, was also the ash pit where the deceased's mortal shell had been cremated. My hosts took <clears throat> my hosts took the small urn that now held his ashes and placed it at the head of the great stone table. In some small amount of time, the room was made warm and pleasant. The bundles carried, including my well-born linens, were unpacked to turn the room into a hall suitable for fine dining. Wonderful smells perfumed the air as my hosts began to prepare the food they brought with them into the tomb. One of the younger descendants whizzed around bearing a tray of small glasses. I was more than happy to imbibe. I was some manner of <clears throat> it was some manner of spicy drama that I found to be most palatable. Soon we were called to sit for the meal was to be served. All heads bent down in prayer as my hosts implored the spirit of their honored ancestor to appear and find among the meal some dish satisfactory enough that he may finally pass beyond the mortal plane without regret. The urn shook and the table rattled briefly as the phantasm appeared before us. The deceased, a strikingly handsome dark elf with imperious eyes and wild hair, glowed above the table. With stern words, this spirit acknowledged the presence of his family and the meal they had prepared. He demanded, we begin eating. To wait any longer, he claimed, would allow the food to become as cold as the grave. One by one, family members brought the courses to the table, stopping first to allow the spirit of the ancestor to inspect each dish. I found this curious. Do ghosts eat? And took many notes on each dish as it was presented. 